Oops, no, I don't want that one.
washes over willing earth and weathered stones. A smile shared and savored. The child's squeal of delight as she dances in the daisies and daffodils. The quiet joy of gathered community. This, this is the spirit of life and love that we call forth now into this gathering. May this spirit infuse our hearts, fill our souls, and carry us forward like a wave on the ocean as we enter now into this sacred time and space. And our music this morning will be performed by Tom Prasada Rao.
Thank you so much, Tom. That's great. And I'm not sure if you all can tell, but Tom has many instruments beside him. So I think we're in for a real treat this morning. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. And if you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash readSOP. And you can read it here in person or make a recording that will be included in a future platform. Today's reader is Abby Dakin, and Abby has had many roles in their time as a member and leader here at West, but I want to call into um, call out a specific aspect in the ways that Abby has married her skills and her passions into service to this community. And it was the uh, the camping trip that Wes just had over Memorial Day weekend. And so Abby is an avid camper and outdoors person and really brought that and organizing skills because it's no small feat to organize a whole glob of people and food and all that kind of stuff for a camping trip. And the community is the better for that opportunity to gather. So thank you for that, Abby. And I will now give you the mic for the statement of purpose. Thanks, Karen. But I, I do need to say that Shayla Bukum and Elaine Ulrich were critical to organizing the camping trip, too. Uh, the Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thanks, Abby. As Abby lights our community candle, I invite everyone to join in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. We'd like a fire of commitment, but not a fire fire, so we'll just make that a little more stable. Let us enter now into the centering time of our platform. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of all who have been dealing with the consequences over the last you know, weeks and certainly months and ongoing of climate change. And as we do a seasonal transition, we become, I think, more aware of heat or cold or rain or storm. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts to compassion for those who suffer.
and let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. As we enter our time of meditation, I encourage you to relax, shift around so that your body is in a position of ease. Take a nice deep breath. Close your eyes or soften your gaze. Let your thoughts slow down and breathe. Into the space of this quiet, I share these words on holding reality and possibility together by Sam Trumbor. I invite you now into a time of gratitude, reflection, renewal, and hope. What an unearned blessing to delight in the calming peace of this space. To hear the Robin song again at daybreak to feel the warmth in this room and to enjoy the promise of summer upon us. Each moment of wakefulness has so many gifts that offer energy and delight. Yet too often they seem unavailable. But even in moments of great danger, the direction of attention is a choice. Fear can dominate the mind, binding it like a straitjacket or love can unbind it and open it to resource and opportunity. The soil of the mind can be watered with kindness. The thorns can be removed one by one to appreciate the buds ready to flower. Great possibilities await us even if all we can see is the cliff before us. The grandeur of life of which we are a part scatters rainbows in every direction, even as the deluge approaches. Holding reality and possibility together is the holy, hope-filled work of humanity, if we choose it again and again in love. We continue in silence and the music that follows.
If I met you on the corner, would I know you as you are? Would I take you for a stranger and rush past you in the door? If you called me, would I hear you? Would I walk away too soon? If I lingered for a moment, would I see myself in you? If I fought you as a soldier, if I had you in my sights, would you ask me to remember who imagined I was right? If you witnessed my surrender do I know what I would do if you held me like my lover would I see myself in you well I dreamed my end was near I was almost gone And if I dreamed that dream from here Can I still come home?
So with my apologies to our slide artists and tech team, I've moved a few things around in the text this morning. That's all on me. I was reflecting further and wanted to make some changes. So the meditation that we just heard was actually what I believe is listed up now on the screen as the reading. Um, instead, we're gonna do this. <laughs> to wind our way to today's topic, which is changing the world using social media, we'll start with two brief quotes. Sean Gardner, Forbes social media power influencer and AI specialist notes, social media is not just an activity. It is an investment of valuable time and resources. Surround yourself with the people who not just support you and stay with you, but inform your thinking about ways to wow your online presence. And author Amy Jo Martin says, social media is the ultimate equalizer. It gives a voice and a platform to anyone willing to engage. Social media is changing the way we communicate and the way we are perceived, both positively and negatively. So to put all that into an ethical culture context, today's reading is an excerpt from Social Media Ethics and Etiquette by Carolyn Cohn. She writes, there are rules and of ethics and etiquette, and we might say etiquette, uh, for social media that must be followed. Ethics, by definition, is the concept of what is good, bad, right, and wrong. In social media, the right ethic equals the right perspective and the right thinking on how to leverage social media appropriately and how to engage people in the right manner. Etiquette is a code of behavior within the context of our society. In social media, the right etiquette equals acting the right way. There definitely is a right way and a wrong way to use social media. Anyone who has ever been spammed and that basically means everyone understands this concept. It is very important to remember that whenever you connect with a social media network, you are joining a community. You need to be sure to treat the people in your community with respect and kindness. It is utmost importance to respect the boundaries of others. Your motivation for being a part of the community is to give others the benefit of your experience and to build relationships with other members of your community. The three main principles of social media ethics and etiquette are one, authenticity. People will respond positively if you are sincere. Two, transparency. Having hidden agendas will only count against you. And three, communication. Getting to know people as people and letting them get to know you. You should always communicate in an honest and open manner. If you show others who you are and what you stand for truthfully, people will respect you and become fond of you even. You will establish rapport. Truth is an ethical value that other people respect. They in turn will want to be truthful with you also. Our platform speaker today is West member Emily Newman, who is also still a member of the Brooklyn Ethical Society for Ethical Culture, where she grew up. Emily has managed social media for several nonprofit organizations and led numerous workshops to help humanist communities get more engaged online. So Emily, the platform is yours.
Thank you, Karen. Those were perfect lead-ins to uh, what I'm going to be sharing today. Um, I honestly started this presentation years ago to help ethical culture uh, members and visitors break out of that binary idea of social media is the best or social media is horrible. Uh, just like people, we are both. We are in between. We are messy and wonderful. Um, we are all social people to varying degrees, making us want to share our experiences, thoughts, and questions with others. And the more we find interest in engaging, the more opportunities there are developed to engage, which causes more interest, and the cycle just keeps continuing. Social media has grown from basic connecting and chatting with others to sharing graphics, videos, live feeds, events, fundraisers, petitions, locations, and much more. Websites has also become more interactive with profiles, messaging, ways to connect with other profiles, rating, blogs, and social media sharing opportunities. You'll often see on any website, not only a link to their social media so you can engage with them and follow them and do all these things with them, but also encouragement and little technical uh, ease to share what they have um, out there so you end up supporting them, making it easier and more encouraged to socialize. Along with actual posts, you have hashtags that pound number symbol followed by a string of characters that connects posts to each other, that can amplify an idea, a message, um, a person, and um, it kind it while amplifying also still kind of confuses it. Like maybe a famous person's trending because they said something amazing or they did something horrible or they're dead. And uh, often it's become a joke that some, someone will see, hey, I'm trending, I hope I didn't die. Uh, you can use hashtags for silly things like hashtag best platform ever. Um, <laughs> that's not a push, I'm just came to mind. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you can also tag people and uh, organizations using that at symbol so that you're um, either calling them out or calling them in, letting people know that that's who you're with or that's who you care about. All races, genders, education levels, and most ages use social media. Now I say most because although children under 13 are technically not allowed to have their own accounts, they sometimes do, or their or children are part of content on uh, their parents' or schools' um, accounts with and without their consent. According to a Global Web Index 2019 report, we use social media most to stay in touch, stay informed, stay entertained, stay entertaining to other people, and be with people. And that includes both online as well as in person. So you'll see on this next slide, um, according to Meltwater, 4.8 billion people around the world use social media. That's about 60% of the population. They use an average of 6.6 platforms each month and spend almost two and a half hours on social media each day. So this chart shows the, um, which platforms are most used as of April 2023 by the millions. Um, apologies, I think it may not be the super easiest to read in person, um, but I'll kind of describe it for you. Um, unsurprisingly, Facebook and YouTube are most used because they're constantly adding features since they started in the early 2000s. And they also interact very well together, which can't hurt. 
then you've got um, Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat, which are all famous for images and videos, especially with younger generations. And then um, the, uh, in the middle, they're also accompanied by messaging apps like WhatsApp, WeChat, and Facebook Messenger. There are then a bunch of platforms I don't know, and obviously the rest of the world doesn't seem to really know or care about because they're towards the bottom. And then the last option is Pinterest, which is known as an online bulletin board popular for planning projects and events. So as some of you may remember, when Facebook started, you had to go to someone's profile to see what was new with them. And then in 2006, the newsfeed gathered people's content for you to scroll through. Uh, making it easier to find information. And then in 2017, Facebook Stories brought 24-hour only updates to the top of your screen. And it continues to put whatever profiles you've seen back at the top because it assumes you want to keep up with them. And then now it's also added a bunch of ads. Why not? Um, soon, friend and page suggestions, reactions, and sharing made it easier to engage with a lot more people at once. Again, that it is awesome, but also overload, um, scary, um, time suck at times. Ads, marketplace, donation buttons, and fundraisers made it easier for businesses and nonprofits to get attention to. Now, Twitter is not included on this chart because there are significant anomalies in their published data. Um, as Folks may have been keeping up with us. There's frustration with Elon Musk's leadership. Uh, many people are leaving or considering leaving Twitter due to uh, lack of regulations, having to pay to verify your account, um, the increase in hate and anger posts without proper filtering. And we've seen that even before Elon, but especially after, negativity just spread so much faster on Twitter. Um, Facebook is primarily about community and connecting people. Well, Twitter is about publicity. It's about getting quick, fast messages out there no matter what they're about, which also makes it easier for the news to then show tweets or to use that as sort of like the quote instead of having an interview. Um, it's what some politicians have used to try to announce their ideas, which get misinterpreted into policy and then lots of uh, confusion. So. On this next slide, you'll see a list of some of the bad parts of social media. Uh, less attention. So I mentioned there's content overload, which can lead to addiction and time-consuming activity. Uh, some even refer to like doom scrolling when you keep on going through, kind of looking and expecting the worst. Um, there's less privacy because everything you post creates a cyber footprint, which can lead to some dangers of hacking. It also can potentially cause stalking. Um, and then when the stalking gets worse, we have harassment. So bullying, catfishing, where someone pretends to be someone else to trick you, um, or discrimination. Uh, there's also that concern of explicit content, which is again when there's supposed to be an age limit on who can uh, interact so nudity violence profanity um, narcissism is one of the biggest problems uh because as you've as there is that push to have to always post and put out the best content that's going to be the most engaging um especially for influencers and or anyone who gets uh, fame or trending um through their online posts uh, can make can kind of build a bravado of they are more important than people who don't get that attention or people who are not online people are not documenting and sharing everything uh, that that happens and then similarly we have that unrealistic comparison so other folks um, actually including narcissists um, may develop 
forms of depression, um, that pressure to be uh, relevant or to say the right thing, not be canceled, um, be a standout um, in their field. Um, I wanted to highlight too that with selfies, um, taking a picture of yourself without, with or without other people with backgrounds, that includes awareness to how many takes you're gonna take, the time it takes to get that image, the filter you may use, the lighting, the background, the camera location, the face angle, the energy going on in your facial expression. Anyone familiar with Tyra Banks smizing? It was something we really had to be aware of when we were wearing masks and couldn't rely on our full face. Um, and then whatever other insecurities you have, be that your skin, your hair, your body, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I tip my hat to anybody who feels comfortable doing selfies, but I also have seen, um, especially from influencers and friends, that reality check of like, yeah, here's my perfect selfie, but here's like examples of the 200 that images it took before I could get to that. You see similar things like this is a beautiful picture of a toddler, awesome, but here's the tantrum that happened before and after that picture, because we all know life's not perfect. Um, so now that I bummed you out and made you <laughs> kind of question why we have social media, we'll see on the next slide some of the good things that social media offers. Entertainment being the top one, constantly videos, quizzes, um, graphics. Uh, the connection and ability to support your loved ones. I know that folks sometimes make friends um, on social media or keep friends who they haven't seen in a long time who live in totally different uh, parts of the world. Self-expression is especially a big one since you're able to reach a bigger audience. Maybe if you're not feeling super accepted in your family or your, your hometown, you're able to find folks who get you um, online. Uh, shopping. So not only do you have more options being able to shop other places, but we can hold companies accountable. So that's um, DMs or, or tagged um, posts, or DMs, direct messages, in case you, um, anyway, uh, ways to kind of, again, call in and call out um, industries. Um, it's become another customer service. Even with nonprofits, being able to send them a direct message um, instead of email is another form of, of connecting and communication. Um, education, it's super important that we are learning and sharing um, facts and fact checking, uh, which brings greater awareness and highlighting different social issues, especially during the pandemic. I think our online practices have highlighted um, accessibility concerns. They've let us join other Zooms um, with other groups, have captions in our videos, find out about different protests and mutual aid effort. So then the, the last example I have is action. You know, sure, you can scroll around um, and look at and peek at whatever you want online, but there's also a move to take action, uh, to donate, vote, call your legislators or your friends, uh, join in on stuff. Um, on this next slide, you have some examples of um, awesome content. I could have done many, many more, but didn't wanna tire our tech crew or be here forever, um, but some, Examples you got on that top left, a TikTok answering questions about COVID, a way to not only get to the younger folks, but to break down complex ideas into um, a fun game. Below that is a Zoom and Facebook street live stream of the Secular Student Alliance Conference, I believe 2020, um, on voting rights. And then there's a part right under that that mentions like start a watch um, 
event. So kind of again, encouraging you to invite people and join with people and spread the word. And then on the right side is Anya Overman, um, who grew up at the Ethical Society of St. Louis. Uh, she posted about mask wearing. And I want you to note that, so Anya's post is actually a tweet um, about Japan that was turned into a graphic, probably a screenshot, um, and then posted by a Canadian uh, for Facebook So um, before it was shared by Anya. So she may not have seen that tweet if it weren't for the Facebook post from the Canadian, and then I may not have seen it if it weren't for Anya sharing, and then you may not have seen it if it weren't for me presenting it now. So it's a whole new level of word of mouth. During tragedies, social media has been used to share images, evacuation news, um, locate people, share display safety checks and request donations, including money, blood, supplies. Um, some of you may remember in 2014, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge that raised over $115 million in six weeks by um, motivating people to pour a bucket of ice water um, on their head um, and uh, challenge their friends and family to either do the same or donate. I think. Obviously, by that number, most people probably did both um, donate and do the challenge. Um, and you're supposed to like tag six friends to motivate them. Uh, there was actually a recent report from National Geographic that actually said this is still one of the most influential, largest social media campaigns um, impacting medical history. And the money that was raised is continuing to grow and expand research for ALS. Uh, but people also did their own versions of that challenge. So in his challenge video, actor Orlando Jones didn't do an ice water bucket. He poured um, a bucket full of bullet shells over his head. And he addressed the militarized um, police force threatening the rights of people to assemble throughout history, particularly after the shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. He told BuzzFeed the video was to bring attention to the disease of apathy, naming gun violence as one of the symptoms, and emphasized that unlike ALS, we can cure apathy by taking action. He said, quote, I'm challenging myself to listen without prejudice, love without limits, and reverse the hate, and I hope you will too, close quote. He then tagged a bunch of organizations, including the NAACP, and used a couple of hashtags to further amplify his message. So on this next slide, I want to highlight probably one of the biggest um, movements that really grew because of hashtags, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you'll see I have a sample of some of the hashtags often used, like say her name and I can't breathe. Um, that built up awareness of how serious and widespreading um, the issue of police violence and racism um, and um, shared a lot of incidences that would not have been seen by more than the people there on the ground if it weren't for social media. Um, on the right side of the slide, you'll see a story about how the Cape fans took over the hashtag White Lives Matter. Uh, they, you know, so with the hashtags, it, uh, they, they spread and they grow no matter how they're used. So there isn't an actual measurement of like, here's people actually supporting a cause and here's people fighting against it. Um, but with the K-pop, uh, and K-pop for those um, unfamiliar is Korean um, pop, um, they, uh, and it was, I believe, started by some of the members of BTS, one of uh, popular group. 
Um, they ended up kind of just flooding Twitter with posts um, about non-race related things um, or, uh, and um, I think it was even a lot of like love posts for BTS, but using hashtag white lives matter so that that ended up kind of drowning out the actual hate connected with that um, hashtag. Um, on the next slide, I've got a little a wheel of kind of the different players, the different types of people we see online. So again, as I mentioned before, we're not just good, we're not just bad, um, we're a mix of different things. So first on that top right, um, the worst of them are the bots and the fakes, um, as Karen referred to, they're just there to spam and scam us. They may not even be run by a person. Uh, then you've got your bullies and trolls that are just about hate and attack. Uh, your meanies and debaters could be useful to actually like explore an issue. They do want to distract and annoy, so they're probably going to care more about winning the argument than actually trying to find common ground um, or um, even making or understanding someone else's point. And then the allies and observers are there to watch. They may help. They may also disagree, but possibly have a learning moment where you're able to um, understand different perspectives. Um, they or they may be, uh, you know, not very active, but just um, still kind of following you. Um, and then the best part would be your fans and supporters. And so, for an individual, that would probably be your loved ones, your friends who actually type in the comments, congrats when you post something or share your post or message you if it looks like you need. Um, a little support. Um, if, for, if you're running a page or a group, those are the people that are going to also be sharing your stuff, cheering you on, maybe introducing you to more content and stuff. Uh, so breaking out of that binary of good versus bad, also breaking out of that binary of online versus in person. Um, I, I've heard group organizers say, oh, we don't really have people coming into our groups because people are just so busy on social media. And I say that you need to use social media to bring them into your groups and then take the awesomeness of your groups onto social media is a full connection. And um, that's the best way for us to kind of to own our online presence and expand our opportunities in person because we are responsible for making both worlds online and reality better. So my last slide um, shows some of my tips or recommendations on helping us use social media better. I break it down into know what you want and know how to do it. And these are actually probably like longer discussions, especially if you are unfamiliar with the tech side, I'm just going to throw them out there and we'll uh, see where we what conversations happen from there so know what you want you know if you go ahead and socialize with and check in on your loved ones educate yourself and others learn about and find new interests and locations entertain yourself and others you can definitely still use social media as a break from the world just recognize that it's um not always going to feel like a great break knowing how much is going on in the world um, and then remember, others may have different wants than you. You may not be entertained by someone constantly putting pictures of their food online. That's fine. It's not for you. Someone else probably is loving it. Um, you know, someone, uh, maybe your friends want to express themselves and show off parts of their body that you feel is inappropriate. Then don't look. Then 
move away. Um, I mean, certainly I will say kind of like an asterisk there. If there is something that you are worried about, like maybe their privacy um, concerns, and you know how to present it delicately, that's great. Um, but, you know, especially I know folks have complained about someone they went to high school with who's super conservative or super religious. Well, they're not trying to convert you. They're just sharing, they're sharing what's important to them, and it's your decision whether you want to still see it and engage with it. Um, so on that note, know how to disconnect when um, you can choose whatever platforms or time usage makes sense to you. For individuals, you of course don't have to be on any social media, but organizations, particularly local groups like WES, should be because it gives them more legitimacy, it creates more of a presence, and makes us easier to find and engage with. You can delete or filter unwanted content and people. And similarly, you can manage your notifications and settings so you're not bombarded or feeling like um, that FOMO of you know, missing out on things. Always amplify positive and productive content. One of the best ways is to just screenshot something and share it. Don't actually share or retweet because similar to the hashtags, any count of sharing content is gonna look like you support and like that content. Even if you're calling it out and criticizing it, don't give that person or that um, page more attention um, or the wrong message that you support it. Uh, if you don't need to actually have that, that visual, you can refer to someone, you can you know, kind of point out the concerns um, and just not uh, directly name them or, or uplift them. Uh, and so in general and in conclusion, I recommend we all strive to be an ethical role model because that's what we need more of in the world. Thanks so much, Emily. And I will definitely um, amplify that notion of, uh, you know, all the positive possible uses of social media and point out that journalist Germany Kent says, if you are not on social media and you are not learning, not laughing, not being inspired or not networking, then you are doing it wrong. So just go out and have some fun with it. In a few minutes, we will have our community sharing time when you can write into the chat or share in person about what resonated for you with this platform. While we listen to today's musical response, you might prepare by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at WES that the platform brings to mind. Some people die for honor. Some people die for love. Some people die while singing to the heavens above. Some people die. 
This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates with our personal experience. For our online participants, I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or in the comments if you are watching the recording later. If you're here in person, I encourage you to practice the same kind of brevity that our online commenters use. And if you've spoken in recent weeks, please consider leaving space for other voices today. You can come to the microphone here on the floor and share brief comments. But let's start first by checking to see what online participants have written about in the Zoom comments. Bear with me one second. So I see. Hashtag definitely blessed platform ever from Nacio. And Michael Dimion says, thank you so much, Emily, for helping bring Wes into the 21st century in a big smiley face. A note that one of the clinical trials that was partially funded by the spontaneous social media ice bucket challenge was approved for the treatment of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease this year. So again, the influence continues on. And Eric Moyer says, I hope we can improve our YouTube presence. We could have edited transcripts, a platform message only video option, excellent thumbnails, they've been improving, shots, shorts with pithy statements, video backgrounds or cutaways, multiple camera angles and additional topical video essays. And so it sounds, Eric, like you have some really great ideas and would be, perhaps others would like to join you in helping making those things possible. Yes, indeed, there's a communication team that is being formed. We'll talk about it a little bit more in a moment. And tech team is saying, go for it, Eric. <laughs> so see all this social engagement, et cetera, it all works, it's all to the good. Sonia. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sonia Coopers. My pronouns are she and her. Um, next week, my husband and I are going on a trip um, to a city we've never been to. And while we're there, we're gonna connect with my best friend from college, who I haven't seen in almost 30 years and probably wouldn't be in touch with today if it weren't for social media. <laughs> I'm Perry. He, him, I feel really old today. Uh, Jeff here. Um, yeah, I echo that feeling and sentiment, Perry. I, all these millions of people who are on social media, well, I'm, I'm not one of them. Um, although I did use YouTube for about 10 minutes, maybe three years ago. Um, I, I, there are things that really worry me about social media, and I'm very glad, Emily, that you um, pointed out the bad things, and I just add one, which is uh, physical danger. Uh, people can get so engrossed in using their devices that they might walk out into a heavily trafficked street, and I would hate to think of the consequences of using social media while driving. Um, what also worries me is that there are no safeguards. It's largely a self-regulatory system. I think part of the problem uh, behind this is that the gerontocracy, which passes for the United States Senate, 
simply is too far removed from, from more modern trends. I am also worried about individual, I guess, platforms, for want of a better word, such as TikTok and its association with the People's Republic of China. Uh, one last point. Um, I was bullied a lot growing up at, at, at you know, elementary school and high school, but I knew that at least when I got home, that was a safe space. The bullies couldn't touch me there. And I'm afraid that with social media, there are no safe zones. Abby Dakin, she, her. I, uh, I appreciate the nuanced view of social media that you've given. And I'm a regular user of social media myself as it are my one of my children. The other one has no interest, interestingly. Um, but uh, I have to admit that in, in the back of my mind, I, I do worry about the uh, relationship between social media and the profit motive. And in particular, the um, The profit motive giving a good reason to make a platform addictive in ways that are harmful to people. Now, this may be a problem with capitalism, not with the technology, but it's something that I think about. Good points. Well, I think, uh, you know, as Emily so appropriately pointed out there, like like with anything else also in real life, there are good and, and, and potentially harmful aspects that we just need to be mindful of. And so I would suggest that it's folks who are, who are mindful that ought to be flooding social media, <laughs> right? Creating another cult, a culture that is positive and affirming. Well, I don't see any additional comments online. Um, so thanks to all who have shared your thoughts and attention, and you can go home and chat about it online later as well. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. And here at West, we split all undesignated gifts in the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, we are pleased to support the Rainbow History Project. Founded in November 2000, the mission of RHP is to, quote, collect, preserve, and promote an active knowledge of the history, arts, and culture of metropolitan Washington, D.C.'s diverse LGBTQ plus communities. The RHP's activities include collecting oral histories, audio and video recordings, and various documents and artifacts, offering walking tours, hosting panel presentations, recognizing community pioneers, and providing research assistance. The group invites everyone with an interest in LGBTQ history to conduct research using their online and physical collections. So let's all take a moment to prepare to respond to the invitation to generosity as we are able. To donate online through the Simple Give system, you can text an amount to 202-335-1885, go to tiny.cc slash westgives, or click on give on our website, ethicalsociety.org. So those are all, again, electronic mechanisms that you can engage, um, or you can donate in person today by placing cash or a check in the basket at the back of the hall on your way out, or really old school mail a check to the office. Thank you for your generosity, and we will now receive your gifts and the gift of music.
Just an immigrant on these shores. They got a name for people like me. Thank you so much to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together. Staff members Casey Slack and Dara Miles, Robin Kravitz, Tamana Barangi, Maceo Thomas, and Leah Morris. And our platform production team, it's the tech team members, slide art, Zoom chat usher, and in-person greeters whose name you'll see, whose names you'll see on the closing credits slide at the end. At the conclusion of platform, please join us for a social hour, either here or via Zoom. But first, I want to mention a few things upcoming in the life of our community. Tomorrow evening, so that's Monday, June 26th, there will be a special West membership meeting held on Zoom from 7 to 9 p.m. The agenda is to discuss the future of the American Ethical Union, of which West is a part. The AEU is at a crossroads and our meeting on Monday will consider various proposals that could help to shape its future. 
An email with details about the meeting was sent to West members by the West moderator on June 17th, and again this morning with additional materials and possibilities for consideration. So please do join us, and if you are able, I suggest looking at the materials in advance, but don't let that keep you from being at the meeting. Um, join in via Zoom. I think we've got lots to consider and talk about. Next Sunday, July 2nd, instead of platform in this format, please join West members Perry Bider, Adam Briskin Limehouse, Ed Elder, Julie Grimes, Sonia Coopers, and John Pfeiffer for a games and lunch event. We'll start at 1030, break for lunch and schmoozing at noon, and continue with more fun time for games after that. And you can find more details online or um, through the uh, news and notes emails that have gone to the members. Are you a cook, a baker, a gift mat basket maker? Do you like parties, themes, and helping Wes reach its financial dreams? Join Action Planning the 29th of June. We're meeting online, so see you soon. I also want to spotlight an email that was sent on June 15th that listed the teams that urgently need volunteers to help Wes be the vibrant, flourishing community we want it to be. Specifically, we're looking for people to join the stewardship and finance teams, the communications team, I think we have a Eric Prime to go there, the team to reimagine Wes's programs for children and youth, the greeters and welcome team, the tech team, and the music team. And no, you don't have to sing in the chorus or play an instrument to be on the music team, although both are also welcomed. You can find that list of teams with sign-up links on the website at ethicalsociety.org connection. And now we'll see the board's monthly update via video. Twenty-fifth marks the first day of the 2023-24 board term. So we want to con congratulate our newest trustees. Um, continuing or re-elected were Sarah Morris and John Pfeiffer. And our brand new, but not so new, is Perry Bider, since he has served on the board um, in previous years. So congrats to them. And also, I will also share that Sarah Morris is actually the new board president starting today. Uh, the continuing trustees who are uh, halfway through their two-year uh, two terms include myself, Trang Duong, Abby Dakin, Christine Parcelli, and Donna Taylor. And we want to say a special thanks and um, uh, deep sense of gratitude to our departing trustee, Mirka Willis, who has served as our treasurer for the last two years. And I have always appreciated her clear words and way that she explained the budget and also working with us, the board and the staff um, to create a budget that you, the membership approved at our last membership meeting, that um, is a budget that's sound and also that is balanced. Please join the board on um, July 16th. We'll have a board installation during the platform. 
Now there's still time for you to donate if you haven't already or keep forgetting. Um, we still have the spring campaign going on. The deadline is June 30th, so the end of this month. So if you can, any amount can help. This actually, you know, our theme was um, feeding our future. And um, this, your contribution will help keep us healthy, uh, lower our deficit for the end of this board year. It's different from your pledge. Obviously, have, if you haven't done your pledge, you can do that too. Um, but this is for the spring campaign. So I hope you'll consider contributing if you have not already. And if you have, we deeply appreciate it. Uh, just a reminder that um, please read Casey's June message. They will be uh, on study leave and vacation during the summer. So out of pocket for certain parts, but um, available um, during others. So please read that. Also, the board, um, as we start a new term on July, actually today, um, we'll be preparing for the new year. Um, so we will not have board updates in July or August. We'll restart those in September. So keep an eye out for that. Last and not least, our Tri-Society Gathering. So the American Ethical Union, or AEU, gave us a grant to us three societies and we thought and, and the purpose was to have a party and to gather us together so what a great way to do it right so august 12th is the date to put in your calendar um, so that'll be us and our nearest society neighbors in baltimore and northern virginia so more details would come soon about that but please uh, mark it in your calendar saturday august 12th and that's it for me have a wonderful day Thanks. So that's it for our announcements today. As always, you can find information about opportunities to connect in the weekly news and notes email and on the calendar page of Wes's website, ethicalsociety.org. Also on Facebook, actually. So thank you all for being part of Platform today, whether in person, via Zoom, or watching later. And I now invite you to join in singing our song of the month for the last time this Sunday. Now let us sing. Before we sing our closing song, I want to thank you, Wes, for the opportunity to serve and for the opportunity to grow closer to this community in many ways, despite the geographical distance between us. Thank you, and I wish you the very best on your journey forward. I expect we'll see each other sometime sooner than later. Now, let us sing.
Um, so any of you who have tried to sing on with people online and know how ineffective that often is, we just made that extra. <laughs> um, but thank you for all who rolled with it and went with a, a familiar tune. And, and it makes us extra especially thankful to Tom and the incredible music that he shared with us, which was in sync all morning long. So thank you to Tom. <laughs> A few last reminders before we leave. If you're new to our community, please introduce yourself um, either in person or via the connection form at tiny.cc slash westconnects or an email to membership at ethicalsociety.org. For those who wish to socialize online to reach virtual coffee hour, point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, taking joy and pride in who we are and celebrating community in which we find more beautiful futures. Again, thank you all for joining today's platform. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.